This is the Cafe Americaine podcast. I'm your host, Christian. You can listen to me on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, and maybe iTunes, as long as it's still on, uh, I guess, not on the air, but on the interwebs. And also, this is going to be one of the bi-weekly occurrences that I appear on terrestrial radio. That's right. You can listen to me on Saturday night from 8 to 10 p.m. on 90.1 FM, Stony Brook, WUSB. And if you do not have the range to listen to 90.1 FM here on Long Island, then what you could do is you could fire up your your interwebs browser and go to WUSB.FM and listen to me live there. I'll be streaming. I may have a guest. I may have a couple of guests. Who knows? Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about Jared Kushner and his sashaying ways and how his firm has accepted tens of millions of dollars, even though he has still been in office with Donald Trump. Secondly, we'll talk about how, um, well, the mainstream media screws up again. The Texas governor has forced colleges to reel in the snowflakes. The mainstream media neglects to mention one of its honored dead in the Middle East, happens to have terrorist ties. Nixium with the Rolling Stone. Well, Rolling Stone wrote an article about Nixium and one of its slaves. The issue with that is they do not mention some very, very key points that involve Democrats. And finally, also in that little segment, is how the mainstream media is just skewering Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is running for president, and she's one of the few people, if any, that are anti-war or possibly pro-peace, depending upon how you look at it. And finally, this is going to be a bit more than I probably can chew, uh, but stick with me on this. This has to do with Mueller and how we know he's the dirty, filthy pig and also what the ties are between Russiagate and Italy. Now, this article is enormous, so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to tackle this. There's just a lot of information in that article, and uh, I it's beyond me how I'm going to do it. But I'm a broadcast professional, and I will be able to do it, and I probably will not swear tonight because I have to get into that that mood if I'm going on terrestrial radio, I can't say icky things. So the first story that I'll talk about is Mr. Kushner. Now, have you ever seen Jared Kushner walk? He sachets. His arms are very flowy, like seaweed in the current. And he looks like he steps very softly, as if he's wearing ballerina slippers on a plush carpet. Apparently, he is a terrible interviewer. He looks like he has an enormous head and a frail frame. Anyway, Jared Kushner, well, his former firm, get this, took $90 million since 2017. And these $90 million come from unnamed foreign entities. I can take a guess as to which <laughs> I can I can probably guess. At least one foreign entity. Uh, but wait, I won't talk about it. Not yet, anyway. So the Guardian reported on Monday that real estate speculation corporation Cadre, which was co-founded by Kushner, has received at least $90 million in overseas capital since 2017. Corruption in plain sight, tweeted journalist Rula Jabril. A company part-owned by Jared Kushner has received $90 million in foreign funding from unknown offshore investors. The money came from a vehicle run by Goldman Sachs in the Cayman Islands, a tax haven that guarantees corporate secrecy. There you go. Nobody is going to find out who has been giving Kushner's former firm all of this money. Now, people, let me tell you something for a minute. People are up in arms usually, I don't know how many times, they rail against me saying oh you're pro-trump you're pro-trump i'm not necessarily pro-trump it's just so much not i almost cursed there's so much nonsense coming from the democrat side on all of this all this russiagate 
collusion, obstruction of justice. Hillary should have won. We should go to the popular vote and not the, uh, the not use the electoral college anymore. It just on and on and on. The censorship. You can't say certain words. Somebody got banned this week from Facebook or blocked on Facebook uh, because they used the word honk. Apparently, there's a meme out there with the caption honk honk, and it was describing Democrats and liberals on MSNBC and NBC and so on. And so people got offended by that. I would have to suspect that the people that got offended just so happened to work for MSNBC or CNN or whatever the hell it is. That's what's really going on. You, you want to talk about collusion. You've got to talk about collusion between the tech giants and also the media corporations. You don't think they're working hand in hand. You don't think Google and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and CNN and MSME, you don't think they all work together. It just their, their stories just dovetail way too succinctly for me to believe that these are independent news agencies. So anyway, uh, the Guardian came, and so okay, so th this is the point that I was getting at. Jared Kushner should sashay himself out of the Trump administration. More than likely, now I don't know this for certain, but I would not be surprised if he is a dual citizen with another colony, not necessarily a country. You have to, yeah, you have to read into admiralty law to figure out what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's safe to say that certain countries... Uh, or certain places that are told to be countries are more like colonies of a certain other country, like England. So not much has changed since 1776. Uh, the, the article goes on in The Guardian. The money came from financial services conglomerate Goldman Sachs via the Cayman Islands, making the original source impossible to track. Neither Cadre nor Goldman are required to make the investors public. And neither company has expressed any interest in doing so. So this is a, what. <laughs> so you've got donors giving money to Jared Kushner's firm. Now, to Jared Kushner's credit, he has decided to give up his stake in Cadre to under twenty-five percent. So technically, he is in the clear for this now. But it's foolish to assume that in some way Cadre is not going to pay back Jared Kushner. They may put this in a safety deposit box or stuff the mattress with all the money and then give it to him once he exits the administration, either in 2020 or beyond. So this is, and, and now we have people, well, actually you won't have people talking about Jared Kushner because Jared Kushner is probably getting money from a certain group of individuals uh, that the media will never attack, neither will the government. Uh, or I shouldn't even say attack. I should say criticize. So take take that for what you will or take it how you will. Uh, so now here's the other thing. Everybody that is thinking, they can say, oh, well, Jared, this is outrageous. This is another example of Trumpian corruption. Jared Kushner is in there taking donations from foreign entities whatever they may be it's probably russia no it's not russia i can guarantee you it's well maybe it is russia but i can also guarantee another country so i oh my god well you want to talk about this is normal stuff this is not out of the ordinary in any way democrats do it republicans do it that's what happens once you get into the federal government you take advantage of your position and you help out your friends and help out yourself. Take a look at Mitch McConnell and his wife. His wife has enormous amounts of ties to China. And you wonder why China has been able to come into this country and do whatever it wants? I mean, Trump does have a point about the trade deficit and the gap between China and the United States when it comes to trade policy. He does have a point with that. But one of the reasons why neither Democrat nor Republican did anything about that is because both sides are paid for. China is paying for both sides. Do some research. Do some research on Mitch McConnell. He's the, he's the head cheese on the Republican side. Do some research on his wife. His wife 
is totally up to her eyeballs. There's a joke in there somewhere. But up to her eyeballs with Chinese connections. Look at Hillary Clinton accepting jewels from the Saudi kingdom to the tune of hundreds of thousands of, do of millions of dollars. Russia donating to the Clinton Foundation. Bill Clinton going over to Russia, giving a one-hour speech, earning $500,000 for that one hour, then going to one of Putin's private penthouses and partying with him afterwards. Guess what? There were no translators there either. Further uh, talk about uh, Joseph Biden. Joseph Biden uses his son as a way to make money. And his son uses his dad to beat people over the head with a cudgel. Joseph Biden's son goes around to the Ukraine. He's part of an investment group in, in an energy company. Joseph Biden's son has no business in the energy industry. He has no idea what's going on. He's not a private equity guy. So how did he get onto the board of all of these companies? Burisma Holdings. Man, my voice is cracking tonight. Burisma Holdings. And one of, well, not one of, but the attorney general in the Ukraine said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going, this company, Burisma Holdings, they're doing some really, really shady things. This company is investing in energy groups that are pro-American and will just level everything in the Ukraine for American interests. So what's go I have to investigate. So what happened? Joseph Biden went over to the Ukraine and said, you got to get rid of this guy. I either fire the guy, fire the attorney general investigating my son. Or you're not going to be able to get the billions of dollars of guaranteed loans from the United States. Now, an interesting tidbit to all of that was Joseph Biden was vice president at the time. Woof. And, to quote Joseph Biden, son of a bitch, they fired the guy. I swore. But that's okay. You could say son of a bitch. Nobody's really going to get upset by that. So the, you want to talk about collusion and corruption and foreign entities. I mean, there, there's a prime example right there. And then you, you can go on. You can use uh, Joseph Biden's son again over in China. Joseph Biden's son, when he's not snorting coke or smoking crack and leaving his credit cards and Secret Service uh, cards in rented cars in the middle of Prescott, Arizona, went over to China. And that company that he was working for, he was on the board of that company, of a private equity firm, and he has no business being on the board of a private equity firm. That's not where his experience lies. This company has gotten billions, with a B, billions of dollars in contracts from companies that are very, very close to the Chinese government. They may even be shell companies for the Chinese government. How come nobody in the mainstream is talking about this? Where is the journalism? Could you imagine if one of Trump's children was caught doing something like this? Foreign entities? You want to talk about how Democrats are beholden to foreign entities? Remember that Bill Clinton story I told you about five minutes ago? Earning $500,000 for one hour's worth of speech? Well, right after that, the Uranium One deal went through. And so Russia was able to purchase 20% of the United States' uranium supply. Uh, there was um, an older, he's dead now, but there was a reporter. He was a great reporter. I don't know if you could still find his stuff on the interwebs. His name was Sherman Skolnick. And uh, he was disabled, but he would he would be up everybody's, everybody's ass. Uh, excellent reporter. If you could find his stuff, 
you will read stuff you will read items uh, particularly about Chicago but also in the Clintons and he died in the early 2000s uh, so a lot of his writing involved the Clintons and how they influenced elections and what they did and all that stuff you would your jaw would drop if you read some of the stuff that he found out some of the things that I remember uh, one one item was that the Clinton administration was giving the Chinese nuclear secrets via political groups, political action groups, based out of Chicago. And then you kind of wonder where Barack Obama came from and how he knew certain things about the Clintons. Uh, I, I th if I remember correctly, it was a, um, a same-sex rights group. I think it was a lesbian group based out of Chicago that was used to hand over secrets. One of the people in that group was used to hand over nuclear secrets, be the bag person, uh, to the Chinese. And so, I mean, you, this goes on and on and on. You can also read about how, uh, whatchamacallit, before Bill Clinton left Arkansas, he turned one of the airports into a free trade zone, which means that that airport or anything that comes into that airport won't be as carefully inspected as it should be. So you've got who knows what's coming in and out of that airport. Now, ask yourself this question. When did Walmart get so big? Sherman Skolnick makes reference to how Walmart, because all of the cheap Chinese goods that Walmart would import, one of those goods happens to have been. Now, if we're to believe Sherman Skolnick, I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying according to Sherman Skolnick's reporting, Walmart was involved with the drug industry. So it was importing certain types of drugs from China into these free trade zone airports and then distributing the drugs via its freight line across the country. This would make a lot of sense where Walmart went from nothing to everywhere, where Walmart is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. That would make complete sense. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just according to Sherman Skolnick, and he's dead, so you can't ask him. But it would make sense. It would make absolute, complete sense. So, yes, this happens all of the time. Jared Kushner is nothing new, and it is just another representation of the nonsense, the filth, the swamp, if you will. I hate that cliche, but whatever. Uh, the, the, just the detritus that ruins American government, and it, it has just permeated all of Washington, D.C., to the point where you, you can't fight it anymore. And you it's almost as if you have to accept a certain level of corruption from people that are holding cabinet-level positions or acting director of whatever it is now. Uh, so, the, and it happens on both sides. So I don't want to hear anybody, oh, Jared Kushner. Yes, he should. Without a doubt, he should be drummed out of that administration. But you should also hold all of the other people accountable, like all the other people that I just mentioned. So it goes both ways. And, and I do not want to hear anything about how I'm a Trump supporter and all this stuff. You are just another... You cannot see the forest through the tree. You are a possibly a Russian agent. I'm no... Up yours. Up your... Kiss my ass. Just because I have two brain cells that I can rub together and think and say, hey, wait a minute, there's more than what meets the eye here. And just because you don't want to believe what I'm telling you that's your own problem. Besides, we've got freedom of speech. No, we don't. But anyway, the Texas governor has signed a sweeping new law protecting free speech on college campuses. Jennifer Cabani, K-A-B-B-A-N-Y, wrote on thecollegefix.com that the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, has signed into, the, into law that outdoor areas and public forums punishes students who interfere with others' speech. Some colleges are banning free speech on college campuses, the governor said in a video on Twitter. Well, no more, because I am about to sign a law that protects 
free speech on college campuses in Texas. Shouldn't have to do it. First Amendment guarantees it. Now it's law in Texas. Ooh! And also, there are other states that have passed similar laws since 2017. That includes Alabama, Kentucky, South Dakota, Tennessee, Colorado, Iowa, and Arkansas. Oddly enough, mostly Republican states. As part of an effort to hold campuses accountable, Texas universities must file a report in 2020 on how they are implementing the law's requirements. And members of a university's community are allowed to assemble or distribute written material without a permit or other permission from campus leaders. What's more, it establishes disciplinary sanctions for students, student organizations, or faculty who unduly interfere with the expressive activities of others on campus. Now, I hope he understands that this goes both ways. However, this is an excellent start for free speech. I don't understand where the safe zones came from. I don't know where the testicles and ovaries of the faculty went. Actually, I do know. It's that they all have a certain allegiance, and if they can do something to stymie any sort of dissent or opposing position, then they will absolutely do that. It's college. Colleges usually, and universities, usually lean certain ways. So yes, an advisor, a professor, an adjunct, they're all going to be able to pull certain strings so that certain freedom of speech or certain points of view are stymied and never heard from. That's where it's all the snowflake. Oh, I'm offended. Let me go wear a, a vagina hat. And cry about it. Let me go uh, go scream about it because Trump got elected. I mean, give me a give me a, a GD effing break. How has your life really seriously changed since Donald Trump came into office? All of these snowflakes on campus. Seriously, tell me how it has changed significantly. Guess you can't. You can't tell me. You cannot give me a concrete answer. Just like everybody else. Oh, Rush, uh, Trump is guilty of collusion and treason and high crimes and misdemeanors for obstruction. Where? Where? Tell me where he's guilty of all of those things. Tell me where you're going to accuse him. This is what he did. This is obstruction of justice. This is high crimes and misdemeanors. This is the... You can't do it. You can't do it because there's nothing there. There's nothing that can be proven. And this is the same thing with these college campuses. You've, you, they've got to start having some sort of realignment when it comes to political discourse, when it comes to just speech and speaking amongst each other. There's got to be some realignment with all of this. Because what you're doing, ever since, you know, people say, oh, Trump isn't from the swamp. Trump is really going to change things. Well, let me tell you something. The quote-unquote deep state, they've done a pretty good job of pushing the agenda along. Just think about it. Think about it. Think about the justice system with Mueller. Trump is guilty until proven innocent. That's not how things work in the United States. That, that, no, that's not how things work. If you're going to accuse somebody of breaking the law or high crimes and misdemeanors, then you have to come out there and you have to prove your case. It's not, well, it's hearsay and uh, uh, anonymous officials have told us that. You, you can't do it. And then, he's got, then Trump has to defend himself. I mean, let's put the shoe on the other foot right now. Or let's, I don't know, some other allegory like that. Let's flip it around. <laughs> I I can accuse somebody of breaking the law now. And then it's not – I don't have to prove anything. They have to prove their innocence. Look at Kavanaugh and his hearing to become Supreme Court judge. And by the way, Kavanaugh, who's supposed to be a serial rapist, who waits in lines in, in college parties – so that he and all of his buddies can rape all of the women, 
Yeah, that's Kavanaugh, right? It's supposed to be. No, that's not what's going on. Kavanaugh, by the way, is the first Supreme Court justice to have a majority of female staff members. So much for the rapist angle. If he was such a rapist and womanizer and molester like Joseph Biden, then why would so many women want to work with him as part of his staff? Does that make any sense to anybody? Of course it doesn't. because they're lying about it all. Anyway, think about this for a second. Think about how the deep state agenda has been pushed even though Donald Trump is in there. You've got limitations on speech. You've got massive amounts of censorship across the tech companies and social media like Twitter and Facebook. Those, co those companies are removing any opinion that is not leaning left for only, for no reason. I mean, just look at Paul Joseph Watson from InfoWars and Prison Planet. He was removed. And, you, and countless other examples. That agenda, that limitations on freedom of speech, the idea of guilty until proven innocent, those have been pushed along. And those were all part of the agenda. And then you also got the, the whole Trump angle where he thinks it's a good idea to take biometrics from immigrants and also microchip them in some way. You know, I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. Even though we don't have as much foreign war, you're still getting the agenda uh, being pursued. You're still getting it, except it's on the domestic front. It's how do you want to get screwed? Do you want to get it with uh, lube or no? That's it. Do you want to lay on your stomach or your back? How do you want it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, what am I up to right now? Wow. Almost a half an hour. I'm tired. Oh, man. Oh, so going going along with this, uh, this mainstream media nonsense, and how they always say, well, here's the one thing about – not one thing, but here's one of many things that the mainstream media does not let a lot of people know about is that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were the ones that created ISIS, and they're the ones that funded al-Qaeda along with Turkey, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, uh, Qatar, and also Israel. They all supported ISIS and al-Qaeda. Oh, I forgot France and Britain too. And they funded ISIS. ISIS would not be where it is today unless it had funding. Where did the money fucking come from? Oh, I curse. Where did the money come from? How did ISIS show up out of nowhere? And by the way, there were plenty of people over there, over in the Middle East, or the Near East, the Levant, in Syria, that said, I, ISIS? Who's ISIS? Where's ISIS coming from? Well, I've never heard of ISIS. So ISIS is the boogeyman that the West threw out there across the media so that there would be justification to go over there and bomb the hell out of everybody. And then you've got all of the fake uh, and, and unverified chemical weapons attacks that supposedly Bashar al-Assad is the one perpetrating. The, but he got rid of all of the chemical uh, weapons. So how could it be on and on and on? So the mainstream media, this is being reported by Caitlin Johnstone from Medium.com. On Wednesday, the alternative media outlet South Front published an article titled, New Video Throws Light on uh, whatever, Jaish Al-Iza, High Tolerance to Al-Qaeda Ideology. About newly discovered footage showing the leader of a rebel, quote-unquote, faction in Syria cozying up with a militant who is wearing a badge of the official flag of ISIS. The video shows Jaish al-Isa, General Commander Major Jamal al-Saleh, 
congratulating a group of his fighters on the occasion of Eid al-Fitr in, in an underground bunker. Clearly, Southfront has no editors. One of the fighters greeted by Salah was wearing a batch of the Islamic Black Standard with the seal of Muhammad. This is a well-known symbol of Al-Qaeda and the official flag of ISIS. What? What? Associated Press, New York Times, Guardian, The Guardian, PBS, and Bloomberg. Commemorates Sarot and this gent. As a Syrian soccer goalkeeper who won international titles representing his country as the singer of the revolution and as an icon among Syria's opposition. So this is all from the mainstream media outlets. So Abdel Basad al-Sarut is known as Jaish al-Iza. And so the mainstream media changed his name to his original name, which is Abdel Basad al-Sarut. And then he, and then, you know, remember Jamil al-Salah from two paragraphs ago, AP goes on with the eulogy. He was both a popular figure guiding the rebellion and a military commander. His martyrdom will give us a push to continue down the path he chose and to which he offered his soul and blood as sacrifice. The guy was aligned to Al-Qaeda and ISIS. He was an ISIS leader. He wasn't fighting the Syrian... Well, he was fighting the Syrian army, but he was committing atrocities. The mainstream media goes on and on and on, singing praises, rose petals, trumpets, trombones, a whole brass band, red carpet, flowers, milk, honey, everything. Oh, he was just a, a, an amazing fighting the dastardly Syria. And, and, well, the thing is, is that he belonged to ISIS. So why is the mainstream media promoting this person? Well, it's because the mainstream media is on the side of the warmongers in the Department of quote-unquote defense. There's no difference, no difference between the military-industrial complex's ideologies and what the mainstream media tells you. There will never be opposition to a war from a mainstream media outlet because the mainstream media is compromised to say and to act on behalf of the war industry. You can find countless examples of all of this. Countless examples. Remember when they came out with the idea, not the idea, but they came out and they reported that the United States had invaded Syria. Since when? When was Congress told told that the United States had invaded Syria? When did this come? Who told anybody about this? And the and the and when Trump said, "Forget about it, we are withdrawing from Syria," the media was up in arms about how could he do this? He is betraying our allies on the ground. He did. Oh my God! The United States and other countries created terrorist organizations to go after. Syria to break Syria up. That's what happened. And the media is outraged that Trump said, forget it, we are not funding these people anymore. Get everybody out. How could this be? I, you go, I, countless examples. Uh, what about the Iraq war? Nobody really opposed the Iraq war in the media. Uh, it, it goes on and on and on. On and on. And, and now, Rachel Maddow and her fucking four eyes, I cursed again, stupid looking Rachel Maddow, she's over there wanting more and more sanctions. And thankfully, her ratings have just gone into the toilet. Thankfully, that's over with. But she's promoting war with Russia. I mean, are you kidding me? And you've got, clearly, you've got your brains up your ass. Clearly you do. And the one person, the one candidate out there that's actually not for war 
is Tulsi Gabbard. And she's being skewered by the mainstream media because she doesn't promote war. Philip Giraldi from the strategic... <laughs> ran over that one. The Strategic Culture Foundation wrote that voters looking ahead to 2020 are being bombarded with sound bites from the 20-plus Democrat would-be candidates. Joe Biden is apparently leading the pack, according to opinion polls. As always, you can make polls show the results of whatever you want them to show. And it comes as no surprise as he stands for nothing apart from being the establishment favorite who will tires, tirelessly work to support the status quo. You know, don't make fun of me because I stumble over words. This is 36 minutes into a podcast, so you try doing this. Tulsi's, uh, he writes, Tulsi's own military experience notwithstanding, she gives every indication of being honestly anti-war. In one of her speeches, when she announced her candidacy, she pledged focusing on the issue of war and peace. End the regime change wars that have taken far too long, far too many lives, and undermined our security by strengthening terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda. Funding them. Arming them. She made reference to blundering into nuclear wars with other countries. And in a recent interview with Fox News' Tucker Carlson, Gabbard doubled down on her anti-war credentials. She says, what we are facing is essentially a war that has no front lines. Total chaos engulfs the whole region, is not contained within Iran or Iraq, but would extend to Syria and Lebanon and Israel across the region, setting us up in a situation where in Iraq we lost over 4,000 of my brothers and sisters in uniform. A war with Iran would take far more American lives, and it would cost more civilian lives across the region. Not to speak of the fact that this would also cost trillions of taxpayer dollars coming out of our pockets to go and pay for the endless war. That begs the question, as a soldier, what are we fighting for? What does victory look like? What is the mission? And she's right. Another figure that she's not uh, referencing is that she said that uh, there were 4,000 deaths in Iraq. Well, that, that number is, is very, very padded because they don't count suicides because of uh, PTSD. They do not count all of the wounded soldiers or people that count as wounded, which eventually did die after they were in a hospital in Germany because then they technically died in Germany or they technically died in Kuwait or wherever. So there's a lot more than 4,000. Her credit? I mean, I love her. I, I don't know if I love her. I haven't spoken with her yet. I haven't even gone on a date with her. But she she calls out John Bolton. John, the mustachioed warmonger. She calls him out. John, John Bolton is responsible for more wars. And you want to you want to pinpoint where this country is going and why it's doing what it's doing. Just read some of John Bolton's stuff. Read about what the think tanks that John Bolton is is aligned with. They read about what they want. It's astounding. It's mind-boggling that there aren't more wars. Tulsi Gabbard previously called for an end to the quote-unquote illegal war to overthrow the Syrian government. Thank you. Thank you for clearly stating what needed to be said. An illegal war to overthrow the Syrian government. Why? Why? Do not tell me it's oil. It's not oil. I'll tell you that much right now. It's something else, but I'm not going to go into it. And then we've got the mainstream media that comes into play. Two weeks ago, the Daily Beast displayed a headline, Tulsi Gabbard's campaign is being boosted by Putin apologists. Ooh, talk about alliteration there. The article also had the sub-headline, 
The Hawaiian congresswoman is quickly becoming the top candidate for Democrats who think the Russian leader is misunderstood. No, she's becoming the top candidate for people that don't have their heads shoved so far up their ass that they'll need a horse speculum to see the light of day. I told a woman that one time. <laughs> dated her for a little bit and she just she just sailed off the deep end so i said i hope one day you pull your head out of your ass because as it stands right now you'll need a horse speculum to see the light of day <laughs> oh boy the obvious smear job was picked up by abc's george stephanopoulos television's best known hillary clinton clone Yes, George Stephanopoulos is not the lowly character that everyone knows and loves on ABC. He is deeply entrenched with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. He worked in Bill Clinton's administration. So every time you see George Stephanopoulos, always know he's coming at you with an angle. And he'll use subtle language to make it appear as though he is being very, very middle of the road. When in fact... He is just putting his thumb on the scale. He brought up in an inter interview with Gabbard that Gabbard was softer on Putin than some of the other candidates. And Gabbard said, it's unfortunate that you're citing that article, George, because it's a whole lot of fake news. Putting the ball back in Tulsi's court rather than criticizing Stephanopoulos' point CNN produced its own version of Tulsi the Russophile, observing that Gabbard was using a Trump expression to attack the credibility of negative coverage. No, she was calling George out for being a moron and trying to slant her views as pro-Putin. There's nothing wrong with being anti-war. There's nothing wrong with being pro-peace. So every time somebody comes out and says, you know, the United States really should not be bombing any more brown people. Uh, you are aligned with Putin. You are a Russian agent. No, that's not how this works. But this just goes to show you this is a prime example of how the mainstream media is fully aligned with the war industry. They will never, ever come out against a war whether it's npr or democracy now or cnn or fox or, or msnb you'd so on and so blah 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 they will never be against a war tulsi responded to cnn's hit piece stephanopoulos shamelessly implied that because I oppose going to war with Russia, I'm not a loyal American, but a Putin puppet. It just shows what absurd lengths warmongers and the media will go to try to destroy the reputation of anyone who dares oppose their warmongering. Thank you. Thank you. The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald, who, you know, he's not bad, Glenn Greenwald. I, I can tolerate him. Uh, described how NBC slanted Gabbard by saying experts who track websites and social media linked to Russia have been stirring or have seen stirrings of a possible campaign of support of Hawaii Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. So immediately, they're trying to slant Gabbard as nothing more than another dastardly Russian plant in America's democracy. And if Tulsi Gabbard gets elected, by gum, there won't be any more wars. Gee, that sounds terrible. And the reason why there won't be any more wars is because she's aligned with Russia. So now Russia can just waltz in to any other country on the... No, no. Stop it. This isn't real politics. That shit is over with. I cursed again. I think I'm up to three times. And it goes on and on and on. 
You can find countless examples of it. And really, it is just disgusting. It is filthy. The Alliance for Securing Democracy. Oh, hello. The Alliance for Securing Democracy, which also sponsors the Hamilton 68 tool, quote-unquote, a news intelligence net checker that claims to track Russian efforts to disseminate disinformation. The ASD advises that securing democracy is a global necessity. It was set up in 2017 by the Atlanticist group, an anti-Russian German Marshall Fund. It's loaded with morons like Zionist Michael Chertoff, Michael McFowl, Michael Morell, Corey Shaker, and, oh God, I hate this guy. I, if, oh my God, Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal is just atrocious. He is awful. I, I can't describe how awful he is. Just read some of his tweets. Every little thing is some slant against Trump. And he tries to come off as just the middle-of-the-road fella. A regular knock-around guy. He is the most biased, P.O.S., horrible human being. So since Tulsi Gabbard doesn't want war with Iran, all of these morons come out of the closet... And it claims to be a bipartisan transatlantic national security advocacy group that seeks to identify and counter efforts by Russia to undermine democracies in the United States and Europe. And they're coming out against Tulsi Gabbard. What does that tell you? It tells you that she's gaining traction. That's what that's telling you. And it's sad. It's sad in this day and age, in 2019, that somebody cannot come out there and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be killing other human beings. And that's a big deal. You're anti-American if you don't like killing brown people. Really? That's that's democracy? That's That's spreading the light of democracy across the fruited plain. That's the Monroe... Yes, it is. That's how it works. Patrice O'Neill had a great uh, blurb about the whole thing. A while ago. When he was alive and not assuming room temperature. Pardon while I sip. You know, I I get thirsty. I'm into... Oh my god. Almost an hour. Holy crap. Okay, I'm going to try to get into this whole Italian angle, but I'm not sure how well this is going to work, because this is this is kind of a big deal, kind of a big deal. So, Mueller has been, well, icky. We know that he is a pain in the ass, and we know that he is very, very fibitatious with the facts. So during this whole time, in January of 2017, the Washington Times reported that they were using the Mueller people. They were using triangulation for Eric Prince's cell phone. Because they thought Eric Prince, the former owner of Blackwater, the former owner of Z, the former owner of Academy, was talking to Russians. The special counsel's report, according to the Washington Times, discloses the use of this investigative technique. No, it's not investigative. It's spying. It's out-and-out spying. By which police determine the suspect's location via cell phone's GPS signal. The Prince narrative is one instance in unredacted sections of the report in which Mueller's team explicitly discloses cell phone tracking. It raises the question 
of whether the FBI applied the process to other investigative subjects, a phone's GPS signal, blah, blah, blah. The fact that Mr. Mueller could pinpoint Mr. Prince's exact whereabouts suggests he used GPS readouts. Aha. Uh -huh. Former Trump campaign manager Michael Caputo said, I got the distinct impression that they had all of my electronic communications and they operated with a confidence born of a complete, uh, complete complement of the communications of everyone else. Mr. Prince, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So, if they could triangulate where someone's cell phone is to within a few feet, then I'm pretty sure that they knew that Cohen was never in Prague. Which, Cohen going to Prague, was one of the big deals in August of 2016, because according to Mueller and according to all of the other morons that do no sort of homework, that is when Michael Cohen met with Russian operatives to discuss icky things about Hillary Clinton, possibly engaging in treason. Well, if they're triangulating everybody's cell phone and they're tracking them to within a few feet, then I'm pretty damn sure that they knew that Cohen never went to Prague. So the whole talking point is bunk because it's not real. It never happened. So what else in the Mueller report is complete nonsense? Nonsense. This is out and out lies. This whole thing. There never was any collusion. By the way, you can't effing tell me exactly what collusion means. Nobody can. It's like hacking the election. No one can tell me what hacking the election means. Nobody. Another instance of all of this, reported by The Hill, Konstantin Kilimnik, who worked for the Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, was described on page 6 of the Mueller report as having ties to Russian intelligence and was cast in a sinister light. Mueller completely omitted the fact that Kilimnik was working as an informant and intermediary between America and the Ukraine. Another omission by Mueller. They omit all of these little facts that go against their narrative. Like all of the Russian operatives that were supposed to be meeting with people from the Trump campaign, all of them, all of them, were working for the CIA or the FBI. All of them. This wasn't, this is the typical MO of the Department of Homeland Security. Do you remember the shoe bomber? Do you, do you remember the underwear bomber? Those people were borderline mentally incompetent. They, they should not have even been taught. They should never be unsupervised because they just have mental disabilities. But somehow they got their hands on fake explosive device. Well, how did they do that? It's because people that were working for DHS and the FBI were engaging in entrapment. And these people, not having the mental capacity to see what's going on, went along with it. They're lucky if they can tie their shoes, never mind setting a bomb up in their shoes. The Hill was reporting Kalimnik was not just any run-of-the-mill source. He interacted with the chief political officer at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, sometimes meeting several times a week to provide information on the Ukraine government. He relayed messages back to Ukraine's leaders and delivered written reports to U.S. officials via emails that stretched on for thousands of words. The FBI knew all of this well before the Mueller investigation concluded. So, once again, Mueller is making FBI informants and people that work for the United States government, he's trying to frame them into being Russian assets. 
the Obama administration attempted entrapment to people involved in the Trump campaign. That's what went on. They tried to trap people from Trump's campaign into engaging in treasonous activity. Kalimnik was such a valuable asset, they continued, that they wouldn't mention his name in official cables out of fear that WikiLeaks would expose them. Purcell, in one FBI report. Now, who was Alan Purcell? He was uh, the chief political officer at the Kiev embassy. Now, by the way, chief political officer, if you're that high, you are dealing with the CIA and various other special operations in these. You know where all of the bodies are buried because you are probably the one that ordered the bodies buried. So this guy, Purcell, is not some chump. He's no middleman. He deals with the CIA on a regular basis. He deals with human intelligence and possibly extraterrestrial intelligence. We can't leave them out. In the Ukraine, he knew the whole time. He knows what's going on. He knows who Kalimnik is. And Mueller paints Kalimnik as a Russian agent. Purcell told the FBI that Kalimnik provided detailed information about the Ukraine's opposition bloc's inner workings that sometimes was so valuable it was forwarded immediately to the ambassador. Purcell learned that other Western governments relied on Kalimnik as a source too. One time in a meeting with the Italian embassy, Purcell heard the Italian ambassador echo a talking point that was strikingly familiar to the point that Kalimnik had shared with Purcell. So Kalimnik is key here. Because Kalimnik is spreading the same disinformation across numerous intelligence agencies. The Hill also reported that Mueller's office confirmed that the special prosecutor's team had all of the FBI interviews with state officials, as well as Kalimnik's intelligence reports to the U.S. Embassy, well before they portrayed him as a Russian sympathizer or charged Kalimnik with participating with Manafort in a scheme to obstruct the Russian investigation. He was a source! Kalimnik was a source for the United States government and other Western governments giving them information about the Ukraine's opposition. They wouldn't even use the guy's name in emails and cables because they were fearing that WikiLeaks may out him. That's how important this guy was. The Hill continues. Kalimnik was described as one of the few reliable insiders the U.S. Embassy had informing on Yanu- uh, I can't <laughs> Yanukovych. Kalimnik began his relationship as an informant with the U.S. Deputy Chief of Mission in 2013, 2012 actually, uh, before being handed off to the embassy's political office. Kalimnik was one of the only people within the administration who was willing to talk to the USEMB, United States Embassy. And he provided information about the inner workings of Yanukovych, uh, Yanukovych's administration. So there we go. We've got the Mueller report and Mueller coming out there saying that this guy, Kalimnik, was an agent of the Russians. And the Mueller report flagged Kalimnik's delivery of a peace plan to the Trump campaign, peace plan in involving Ukraine, for settling the two-year-old Crimea conflict between Russia and the Ukraine, a peace plan for Ukraine that Manafort acknowledged to the special counsel's office was a backdoor way for Russia to control parts of the eastern Ukraine. So the Mueller report said, but the State Department emails showed Kalimnik first delivered a version of his peace plan in May 2016, to the Obama administration during a visit to Washington. So he delivered the same thing to Obama as he did to Donald Trump. How come nobody is saying that if Obama considered this guy's peace plan, Obama 
was going to be a Putin plant. How come nobody is talking about this? And why are they letting Mueller and and Weissman and all the other idiots on the Mueller team, why are they getting off the hook? Why are they being let go scot-free? They did not do their duty as American citizens. They were not investigating any potential leads. This is out and out betrayal of a country. This isn't good. Even Mark Meadows said that the Mueller team knew within two months, within 60 days, that the whole thing, the whole steel dossier was built on sand. North Carolina Representative Mark Meadows told Hannity that the FBI knew within 60 days of them opening the investigation prior to Robert Mueller coming on, the FBI and the Department of Justice knew that the Christopher Steele dossier was not credible and the dossier was not true. George Papadopoulos was innocent. So if they knew within two months, what were they doing for the other 22 months? That's what I would like to know. What were they investigating? What were they covering up? That is what we must be asking. Because I've, I've, I've said this before. That I sincerely, I, I would not have any doubts. But I believe one of the main um, purposes of the Mueller investigation is simply to cover up the Clinton tracks of how she was working with foreign countries and foreign entities. I didn't pull an opie, by the way. I didn't burp into the mic. I tried to <laughs> lean off the mic that way. <laughs> yeah, because that's witty. Let me burp into the mic a few times. Ugh. But anyway, I don't think I, I'm not going to get to the Italian thing. The article is I'm trying to skim through it, come up with a Reader's Digest version of it. But there, there's just too much here, and too many Italian names for me to pronounce. But I'll sum it up. I'll try to sum it up. Real simple. So one of the people in the Obama administration contacted Italian intelligence and they contacted Italian intelligence so that they would be able to essentially engage in a conspiracy. And that conspiracy is that these FBI people and various individuals from the Obama administration, they would hand over Emails from Hillary Clinton to Italian intelligence. Italian intel. Uh, say that a few times. Italian intelligence would then place those emails on a foreign server and make those emails appear as though they came from Russian servers. So basically, it would look as though somebody in Russia had sent Hillary Clinton's emails, which were ha supposedly hacked, if we're to go with the narrative, to an Italian server. Then one of Donald Trump's people would go to Italy or Prague, because everybody goes to Prague when they want to commit a conspiracy. They would go over there and obtain Hillary Clinton's emails. And this action... Obtaining Hillary Clinton's emails from a foreign server that supposedly came from a source inside of Russia, this action would have enabled the deep state to take out Donald Trump. That's the Italian angle. And since that has come out, various Italian intelligence folks have been fired and let go. 
I mean, this article is enormous, and I won't do it any justice if I try to get through it tonight, because I'm already an hour into this, an hour and six minutes, an hour and five minutes. So I'm pretty much tapped for tonight. So what I suspect is going to happen with all of this is that over the next couple of months, especially, especially when we get geared up towards the 2020 election, you're going to see more and more material on the Democrats be leaked. And Trump, for what he's worth, said he wants everything declassified. Whatever Barr wants to declassify, he has Trump's blessing. And I sincerely hope that Trump just unleashes everything. I hope he declassifies all sorts of dirt. Because... This is not okay. What happened here over the past two years is not okay. It's not real. They create. They conspired to take out a president without a bullet. And they failed. And these people should be held accountable. And you have to ask yourself, who was the puppet master behind Comey, Clapper, behind Kalimnik, behind all of the other individuals that are involved with Russiagate, and all of the other individuals and organizations that constantly push Russiagate, despite the fact that they have no evidence. This, I suspect is going to be a major talking point in 2020. Even even Democrats like Pelosi know that there is a zero chance for impeachment or a successful impeachment. None. It will not happen. That's it for me for the Cafe American podcast. I have been your host, Christian. You can listen to me on Podbean, Stitcher, and YouTube. And do not forget this weekend... If you are on Long Island, or if you have an internet connection, you can listen to me on 90.1 FM, WUSB Stony Brook. Or you can go online to WUSB.FM from 8 to 10 p.m. this Saturday. Who knows what I'm going to be talking about, but you should listen anyway. That's it for me, and that is it for the Cafe Americaine podcast.